Welcome in everybody to the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Uh, we have an event this week, Friday, New Year's Eve, 4 p.m., Grand Slam Coon Rapids. You can register for that right now over at puttcraft.com. We've also announced our next event, which will take place on Saturday, January 29th. We will head right back out to the Gulf Zone in Chaska, Minnesota for that event as well. Okay. So a new MCG ranking this week, um, including some, <clears throat> some controversy surrounding that, or at least controversy in my brain. Uh, we've got some new color coding on our stat sheets. I want to talk a little bit about team play, and then we'll do a quick little Grand Slam walkthrough uh, at the end. And again, uh, you'll hear this hopefully Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, and then you'll still have time to register uh, for, the, for the event on Friday at uh, Grand Slam Coon Rapids. There are two Grand Slams, one's in Coon Rapids, one's in Burnsville. We will be in Coon Rapids. Okay, new MCG, the MCG 4.0. One thing to keep in mind about this, because there's a little bit of a shakeup here, and we'll post this on our Instagram uh, shortly after the podcast goes up, is Matt is still working through um, exactly how to wait weight each of these things. So I'm not going to go into what the specifics are, but this is the newest rating ranking, the 4.0, which will be announced this week or, you know, right now. And then next week, it'll still be the 4.0 ranking, but there'll be plenty of players that have gone from one event to two events. So there'll be some shakeup at the top of that as well. As we get, it is my understanding that as we get more data, this will tweak a little bit and we'll be able to add course difficulty rankings, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Sean Brown in first at 93.7. Daryl Hummony at second at 75. Tom Loftus in third at 72.222. And then I'm going to skip all the way down to 10th and announce John Nye at 10th at 53.33. That's been relatively steady throughout all of this. The one, two, three, and four, I believe, have all been the same there. Four through nine here is a bit of a shakeup. Now, Four through nine is only separated by nine points, and actually four through eight is only separated by three and a half points. So I'm not going to name off these uh, uh, the, the amount of points, just know that they're very close. Anthony Dunkel in fourth, Logan Lenertz in fifth, Brian Bleckinger in sixth, Joel Holm in seventh, Robin Schwartzman in eighth, Brady Storhoff in ninth. Now, I have um, one thing I love about this is that the difference between Sean Brown and Brady Storhoff, um, oh, excuse me, Sean Brown and Daryl Hummony is 18.7 points. Seven, five points, I think, to be more exact. That's one and two. That's what separates one and two, 18.75 points. There is that exact same separation between two and nine. 18.75 points approximately. And I, I think that that puts in perspective how dominant Sean has been. So I, I, I think that is a that is a really good sign that the rankings were able to kind of, you know, it, it's more of a tier, right? And you could say there's tier one, Sean Brown, tier two is Daryl and Tom, and then tier three is Anthony all the way through uh, John, basically from three to 10. It's so going to get a big shakeup. Uh, after Friday's event, and I'm excited to see that next week, as we'll have several players go from one event to two events and then become eligible. Okay, if you head over to puttcraft.com and you take a look at the stats page, I 
For those of you who have done a deep, deep dive on this, you'll note that the color coding for my our first event through our ninth event is, while uniform, a bit of a mess because it doesn't account for um, par two, three, four. It 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 it's it's just a mess, and I'm not going to go into why it's a mess, but it's wrong. I don't like it, and I knew I had to fix it, and I did. So if you look at the golf zone open, that's how the color coding is going to be. And instead of color coding it by score, um, or color coding it whether or not you got a birdie or a par, uh, so all pars are white, all birdies are light green, all eagles are that medium green, and then all double eagles, and we've only had one by Robin Schwartzman a couple months ago, um, are bright green. And then the the scale goes down the opposite way for for the red pink. The, the 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 bogeys are that very very light red or light pink all the way down to a dark 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 red, um for eights or or or, or quadruple bogeys or whatever you want to call them. So that's going to help um us kind of kind of look and, and and see where the birdies are, where the pars are, where the eagles are, the bogeys, double bogeys, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was long overdue. I'll, I'll work on um all the old events, making sure that I'm able to get those correct. Um, it just takes a little bit of time. Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about team play, something that I've been considering for a while now. How do we add a team element to Puttcraft? And keep in mind that this is just kind of throwing out ideas. Okay. I'm not married to any of these ideas. This is a, something I would like to do. Doesn't mean something we have to do. We're the, the the main core product of Puttcraft will always be individual tournaments, single player tournaments, if you will. I do think there's room for a team game, a team element in some of this, and 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 for a number of reasons, I like teams. It it it's it's one thing to say, hey hey Bill, come down and play in this mini golf tournament that I'm playing in next weekend. It's another thing to say, hey Bill, come join my team for uh, these these next four events or these league nights, if you will. Um, I think it's it can be an an easier sell to new people to come into a team as opposed to um, coming in as an individual. So there's a lot of different ways we could do team play, and I'm I'm really curious to get your thoughts on what you think. You could do, what I want to do is I want to do teams of four. Keep it small for now. You know, we can always extend it later on. And I want to do either four, five, or six events. So we'll have the events scheduled in advance. And it won't be at one course. It'll be at several courses like we've been doing. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is that your team isn't just four people. You can have as many people on your team as you want, but only four can show up for a league night. So why do we do this? Bigger rosters help in case you know that your friend Billy can only make it to half the league nights, right? Then you can have another player, a fifth or a sixth or a seventh player on call in case you need that person. You may know ahead of time that you can come to every event and your three friends can come to every event. Great. Have four people on your team. It's not going to, that's fine. But for many people, they're going to know that, oh, this certain event, I'm going to be out of town for this or that sort of thing. And then to have a, have a backup, somebody that can come in and play on that team. 
um, is super helpful. So that's the one thing I know for certain. The first one we do, I want to do four players. I want to have um, flexible rosters or larger rosters, and we'll we'll schedule four or five or six events right up front. Okay, so how are we going to score it? There's a lot of different ways that we can do this. You could do just a straight up match play, and you know where where you win the hole, for example, and you get a point for that, much like you would in the Ryder Cup. I don't want to do that because I still want to track stats for this as we do for every other event. So I want you, the golfer, to have a full-on score, right? 12 birdies, 18 pars, four four eagles, three double bogey, that that type of thing. So we can still plug those stats right into your in into your um player profile and it'll still be true. Whereas if Sean and I were to go head to head and he were to beat me, and I don't know the exact scoring of this, but if he were to beat me, you know, four and two or five and one, I don't, I don't know how they how they do in the Ryder Cup, but it's something like that. Um, then how how are we going to score that on the on the uh, player profiles down the road? So I like the idea of each player playing a full eighteen holes and 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 doing those, um, doing it that way. So match play in a traditional match play sense to me is out. Um, you could also take all the team scores and add them up, right? And again, I'm not against this idea, okay? Uh, I'm not necessarily for any idea either. I'm just kind of kind of thinking out loud here. I want to get your thoughts. You could take your four scores and you can add them up, or you could um, do that same thing but eliminate the outliers. So what you would do with that, and it's a little harder to eliminate outliers when you only have four players because you'd be eliminating your top score and your bottom score. And then the only scores that would count towards your team score, quote unquote, are the two middle scores. That's a way that you can do it. Um, you know, th- that way it assures that if you have a not a great putter on your team or an elite putter on your team, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get last or first because we're eliminating the outliers. And then there's a combination of the two. Right, where the number one player from each team matches up with each other. Okay, so let's say we have eight teams of four players on a league night. So there's 32 people on this league night. We would have team A, B, C, and D in one group, and team E, F, G, and H in another group. And you would do a combination of both. You would play out each hole, but you would be playing against all the people in that group. So if you... So, so you would get a four, let's just say you would go par, par, par birdie, right? Everybody would have their scores, but the birdie would win that hole, right? So we would kind of do a combination of the two where we were still scoring it traditionally, but you were winning holes and they, this, this team won four holes, this team won two holes. And and that's how the team score would ultimately be decided is how many holes you won against the players in your group. Okay, so there's a bunch of other ideas we can do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on what it is you think we should do for a team uh, or a league. As I'd like to do it this summer, I, I'd like to um, have a small league set up where we could do something slightly different, but it would still go into your player profile and stats for Puttcraft. Okay, last thing in this podcast, um, I do I do have an interview with a special guest tomorrow. That'll be on. Ne- oh, excuse me, I'm interviewing them on Thursday. That'll be on next week's podcast. I think you'll get a kick out of that. I'm excited. Um, one thing to note about when I do these walkthroughs uh, is I should preface this. I should have prefaced this last time. I'm going to preface it this time, and I'm going to do it very slowly 
very carefully. I have played this particular course one time. Played it about five weeks ago. Okay, And while I played it slow and I played, I, I might have played a couple holes twice just to get a feel for it. I am by no means an expert on the Grand Slam Coon Rapids course. Okay, I've got a little knowledge of it. I've got the photos, but I'm not an expert. So instead of going through each hole, I'm going to kind of give you some nice to knows and some need to knows about this course leading up to it. Kind of the where you should head to first when you get there to practice. Okay. Um, so if you pull up puttcraft.com and you click on courses, you can pull up the Grand Slam in Coon Rapids and I have all the photos there. Okay. Here's a couple of need to knows. I do not understand why there's tile on the first floor or first hole. It's a little strange to me, but it, it, it sort of is what it is. It's, it's a straight shot nonetheless. We will be playing off the pads. Now, there are holes in the pads that you certainly can tee off from. You don't have to. You just have to play from the pad. That is my understanding on how the the rules or how, excuse me, how the the um, designer of the course would have, would have said is basically saying, hey, here are the pads. The pads are bolted down, by the way. Keep in mind. As much as I'd love to move them like we were able to do at Como Park, um, we're not because they're bolted down. So you have to play from the pad. You want to play from the front of the pad, play from the front of the pad. It has to be on the pad, not touching the pad, on the pad, on top of the pad. Okay. Hole two, this is important. We are treating those little canyons as hazards, as penalties. Okay. So while those first two, for example, you could easily play out of, they they will be penalized. They're going to be penalized like a water hole. So it'll be a one-stroke penalty and you'll be able to pull it out directly and tee it up from where you entered the the hole or the, the hazard. Okay. So for example, if for some reason you put it directly into that first hazard, the one to the left there, about five feet in front of the pad, you don't get to put it in front of the hazard. You've got to pull it out behind where it entered. Now, if for another reason you you went off the back wall and it came all the way back and it entered in from the back or the front in this case, then you can pull it out from the front. I, I, I hope that makes sense, but it's where your ball enters the hazard. Okay, one stroke penalty and, um, and, and yeah, you'll play it from there. Now, this is different from the out of bounds, okay, where... You have to go back to where you originally hit the ball from. Okay, this is not an out-of-bounds penalty. This is a water hazard penalty. Speaking of out-of-bounds, the carpeted grayish, purplish, I don't even know what kind of color that is, a purple-gray, that is out-of-bounds. Okay, if you, for whatever reason, find yourself up there, yes, I know you could easily play it off of up there, but that is not in the course of play. That is out-of-bounds. You have to go back to where you hit the ball from. Okay. Excuse me, hole number three, and this is going to be a recurring theme on a lot of holes. These balls do not pop off the walls like they would at Lilliput, for example. Okay, if you hit that diagonal part, you know, eight or nine feet right in front of the hole, that's not necessarily going to find its way right into the hole. It might, but it's not going to necessarily do it there. It's more of a dead spot, like an old gymnasium right? Where you go and you dribble a basketball and in one spot, it pops right up in another spot. It's kind of dead. Okay. So keep in mind, a lot of the holes are like that here. 
Um, hole four, I really enjoy this hole because as you can see on the right, that is sort of a brick, it looks like. And so that does pop off of there, but I don't see any reason why you wouldn't just go straight across personally. Um, there's far more green than there is sword off to the left. Okay. I got in trouble for this one last time. Not in trouble, minor hole five. Just don't go past it and you're fine. And you're fine. If you go beyond the hole, it's very difficult to get in front of it. That's raised up. That's that, that is, that is a, a wall behind that hole is a wall. So good luck getting back across it. Uh, hole six, it'll be interesting to see how many folks lay up um, instead of trying to go through it. Um, hole seven is one another one of those holes where there is, you know, the wall is a little bit dead. Hole nine, same thing. Um, hole 11 is cool because you're up in the air. You're, you have to go up a, a flight of stairs to get to there. Hole 12 is, is an interesting hole. I could see some high scores on hole 12. I would definitely recommend going and playing that one. Um, plus, that'll give you an idea of kind of how the, how the walls bounce. Okay, hole 14. This hole, when I played it, gave me absolute fits. And here's why. First off, as I've noted a couple times here, the walls don't bounce very well. And not only that, but these walls are curved. So in a way, I don't know how the geometry of this works, but it bounces even less off of these. And it's really difficult to get a good second shot in on this hole. At least it was for me. If you look about 12 inches to the right of the hole, that is a drop-off. Okay? If you go past it, if you hit too far from the hole, you're going to drop it off and you've got to come right back around um, and do it all over again. Many of you are going to look at this hole and you're going to say, I can get a two on this hole. I'll tell you right now, you're not getting a two on this hole. Take my advice. You are not birdying this hole. <laughs> okay. Now, as I say that, I can just, I can just feel you being like, I'm going to prove you wrong, Reed. And the moment I do, I'm going to get your attention. You're going to come over and say, I just birdied 14. You're not going to birdie 14. Okay. You want to birdie 14, you're going to end up with an eight. Okay. This is layup, layup, tap in. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. I promise you, don't risk it. Don't risk it. It's a three. Take the par. Heck, take the bogey. Take the bogey. Don't go for a two. Actually, please do go for a two. It'll be way more fun. Okay. Um, let's see here. 16 straight shot. 17, another one of those holes where the wall is going to come into play here. Um, and then uh, 18, another straight shot. I, I like this course. It's a little different. It's indoors. It's it's pretty spacious. Um, it's going to be New Year's Eve, so, so so we might have some folks, uh, you know, around and 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 uh, in the area, which is totally fine. That, that that's the whole point of all this, right? Mini golf is for everyone. Mini golf is fun. Um, I, I long for a a a, a a a a big busy course. Uh, those are all future putt craft players. So, um, I'm looking forward to Friday, folks. You know, a Friday afternoon, 4 p.m. event is is a little bit unique, but I figured with New Year's Eve being, you know, that day, I think it'll I think it'll be good. I think we're gonna have a good turnout. It's not gonna be a golf zone 27 person turnout, but I think there's still gonna be a good a good event. We're gonna play each each 
each hole twice. Um, you know, we'll do it front 18, then we'll do another 18. We'll reseed you, um, based on where you're sitting in the, uh, in, in, on, on the leaderboard. We're going to use the 18 birdies app on Friday. Um, and, and one last thing, and, and I've, and I've been pretty adamant about this ever since we started, we're going to start right at four o'clock. Okay. So, um, I know some of you are coming from work. I've been, you've, you've told me, um, I appreciate that. If you're a few minutes late, it's all good. You can, you can catch up, um, or, you know, you can go into your group. Actually, this is a good topic. Let's talk about this for a second, right? Things happen. Uh, it, you know, uh, traffic happens. Um, I, I know of somebody who's coming from work. They expect to be done at work at 3.30. They expect to be at uh, Grand Slam at 4. If they're a few minutes late, all good, right? We'll get you We'll get you caught up with your group wherever they are. If you were to start at hole 6 and they're at hole 10, you go to hole 10. You play out the rest of them and then you'll go with a partner from 6, 7, 8, 9 and we'll get you through. Um, you know, showing up 10, 12, 15 minutes late, I think is fine. 30 minutes plus is going to be difficult. If, if we're, if we're well over, you know, uh, halfway done with that first 18, it, it's going to be tough for you to catch up. Um, but I get it. It's going to happen and it's fine. So, okay. Um, thank you everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, looking forward to this weekend's events. And uh, thank you, Matt, again, uh, with the MCG 4.0. And uh, we will see you all on Friday afternoon, New Year's Eve at Grand Slam, Coon Rapids.